0: Increasing attention is being paid to physician burnout as a growing number of doctors report feeling overworked and underappreciated. For some, the sense of being overwhelmed may begin in medical school or even earlier, and it may contribute to depression, lead to addiction, and result in suicidal ideation or suicide. But there's a strong stigma in medicine against seeking help for mental illness. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Stuart Slavin. Associate Dean for Curriculum and Professor of Pediatrics at St. Louis University School of Medicine. Dr. Slavin, is there evidence that rates of depression and other mental illnesses are increasing among physicians and medical trainees?
1: It's a little bit difficult to say for sure relating to depression. There was a large meta-analysis published recently that indicated a 27% rate of depression in medical students. Uh, One thing I do know is that this is a problem that's existed for decades, as far back as 1936. My sense is, though, it's been relatively stable, while burnout for physicians clearly is on the rise.
0: So in a perspective article, Muller describes the ICANN School of Medicine's response to the suicide of a fourth-year medical student. What do you see as the ways in which medical education can trigger or exacerbate mental illness among students?
1: In many ways, I think it's kind of a perfect storm in medical school where you have students who have not only excelled in their prior academic experiences, They've been truly outstanding, often almost perfect in terms of their academic record. And when you accept them to medical school, by definition, half of them are going to be below average. Many of them, I think, have built their kind of personal identity around academic success. Many suffer from something called maladaptive perfectionism. And we've actually found very high correlations between depression, anxiety, and maladaptive perfectionism. So it's this kind of mindset that they bring in, and then obviously the intense competition where not everybody can be on top. That's certainly one of the factors that contributes. I mean, The others, I would just say quickly also, are the demands we place on our students are extraordinary. One is just the sheer volume of information that they're expected to learn in the first two years is really daunting. Of course, competition for residency, there's a sense that that has increased as well, and I think that's contributing to this problem.
0: Given all of that, what concrete steps can medical schools take to reduce the burden of mental illness in their students? Is it a question of hiring more counselors, or does it require a complete shift in the way that they address wellness?
1: I think the latter. I think we should be advocating for a complete change. For some time, there's been at least reasonable resources for medical students to seek mental health care, and that's clearly not enough. I believe firmly in a model that we need to help students in a preventive way working on resilient skills because medical school and residency and being a physician is going to be stressful. But what I think we also need to do is look at the environment and see what we can do to reduce the toxicity. Ultimately, I think this is an environmental health problem. When we have medical students coming in with rates of depression of 4 to 5%, and a few months later they're 25 to 30%, I think it's pretty clear that it's the environment that's causing the problem. That has to be the primary focus of what we do.
0: In another Perspective article, Hill writes about the stigma that he's faced as a physician who's a recovering alcoholic with a history of depression and suicidal ideation. In a field that's dedicated to preventing and treating disease, why do you think physicians with mental illness still feel branded and stigmatized?
1: There's still a sense that this is not a mental illness, I think, on the part of some, but just rather a character flaw, a weakness, somebody who can't handle the stresses. And I think, obviously, that's a dangerous view. And I think, unfortunately, that hasn't disappeared in medicine today.
0: So given that, how can institutions protect patients from the harms that might be posed by physicians with active, untreated mental conditions, while at the same time encouraging physicians to be open about their mental health and to look for help when it's needed?
1: Right now, the biases are in favor of people hiding these problems because of the stigma attached to it. Ultimately, it's about culture change, and we've approached that in a number of different ways here at St. Louis University. First of all, we had been doing anonymous surveying of our students looking at depression and anxiety. We now give them the opportunity to choose for that to be confidential rather than anonymous. And if they screen positive for significant symptoms of depression or anxiety, we then give their code... I don't see the names. We give their code to mental health providers who actually reach out to those students. Also, we combine that with frequent messaging to them that they shouldn't view this as a sign of weakness, that we're here to help them. And I think that kind of cultural impact that we're programmed is essential. So we're doing what we can to kind of change the narrative. What I worry about is that while we can do that in medical school, I'm not so sure that same atmosphere exists in residency programs or in hospitals and clinics across the country.
0: So finally, what can individual physicians do to take care of their own mental health and to support their colleagues who may be suffering, given that culture that you talk about?
1: There is an individual need to recognize how dangerous it is for oneself and for one's patient to continue to kind of hide in the shadows. Dr. Hill's article was beautifully written and, I think, very timely. It still requires some courage, I think, to take the steps he did, and I think his advice to embrace your vulnerability and seek that care is going to be critically important. I think another that I, frankly, am kind of concerned about, and I know other physicians are as well, is I think we need to collectively look at some of these physician health programs, which are often very well-intended. But I think increasingly there are concerns being raised about their fairness, their equity, and frankly, their lack of oversight or inability to appeal their decisions. If we make it incredibly uncomfortable, unpleasant, or an extremely negative experience for physicians to step forward, I think more and more are going to refuse to do so. So that's another angle. We need some advocacy in that area as well. Thank you, Dr. Slavin.